welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Welcome back everyone to the Crescent Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Lindsay, and I am ecstatic about today's interview with Ben Schwartz. He is a psychotherapist, a transformative coach, and a certified advanced EFT tapping practitioner. And today we are diving into the topic of EFT, or emotional freedom technique, which as I say later on in the show, I discovered EFT maybe six, seven months ago, and it has been absolutely life-changing for me. And I have been searching for the perfect person to have on the show to dive into this on a much deeper level. And I am so, so grateful to have come across Ben. I was just completely entranced by our discussion, so drawn to his energy and his wisdom. And I think he just does a beautiful job of explaining what EFT is, what it can be used for, and how it can really begin to help us eliminate negative patterns in our life, identify negative patterns, as well as work through heavy traumas. So he walks us through all the ins and outs of EFT. As always, be sure to check the show notes because I link any resources mentioned, as well as the links to the the guest's website, social media, if they have it, So there's a lot of resources there for you to dive into the topic a little bit more if you're looking to learn more. And of course, if you find this information helpful, please consider sharing with a friend or a family member who you think could really benefit from this information. And with that, please enjoy this interview with Ben Schwartz. Schwartz, welcome to the A Crescent Podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. Yes, and I am truly ecstatic for this conversation because I recently discovered tapping or emotional freedom technique mm-hmm. not even six months ago, but it has mm. been so impactful for me that I have just been diving into the research, wanting to share more with my audience. And so Whenever I get hooked on something like this, I love to be able to share just a really, really in-depth interview on it. Mm -hmm. But why don't you, you know, I'll backtrack. Why don't we start with you and a little bit of your history, your education, and what brought you to EFT? Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, I'm a psychotherapist, a marriage and family therapist is my license. And um, I've worked in the mental health field my entire adult life, you know, since... I was about 21 or so and moved to California and went to grad school out here for transpersonal psychology. And, um, but along the way, worked in all kinds of psych places and psych hospitals and residential treatment centers and worked with teens and worked with adults. 
big variety of things. And I've been in private practice now for about 20 years. And um, along the way, I've done a lot of other things, explored different healing modalities, done you know, many years of different meditation practices. And you know, transpersonal psychology is a very spiritually oriented type of psychology that looks at the human being as more than just the sum of their parts, you know, more than just their personality. So that's always been my sort of base for how I look at things. But EFT is a really interesting thing that um, kind of stands all on its own, but it's really compatible with all that I've already been into for so long. It was sort of a natural segue for me um, that I came into about 14 years ago or so. And um, kind of started gradually on, on my own, learning about it, kind of maybe the way you are right now. And uh, as I got into it and began to try it out with my clients, I saw just miraculous things happening that um, really, I don't, I don't think that I would be very happy continuing to be a therapist at this point in my career if I hadn't found that, honestly, mm. or at least something like it, because it was really a revolutionary change for me that kind of brought together healing and psychology. I mean, psychology is supposed to be healing, right? But <laughs> it um, often doesn't produce the kind of change people hope that it will. You know, it might be comforting. It's nice to have a, someone to confide in. It's a nice place to air your thoughts and feelings and get perspective. But I was also always interested in just seeing profound shifts happen for people, like real transformation, and um, which is one reason I always admired coaching as a modality because it felt a little more, more free, more proactive, more change-oriented. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I brought that into it too. But EFT just sort of melds all of these things into one you know it's psychology it's energy healing it's coaching it's it's somatic it's um you can you can frame it as a very spiritual approach doesn't have to be that um but it produces change and it does that much faster than i think most things i think there's other wonderful techniques too but for me this is the thing that was revolutionary for my career yeah and when you look at I think what stands out for me so much, and again, within the last year, I've really been diving into subconscious healing yeah. and bringing up those limiting beliefs that I maybe inherited in my lifetime or maybe were passed on to me transgenerationally. Mm -hmm. But it really struck me that there isn't a lot of discussion about subconscious healing, subconscious beliefs, subconscious blocks. And mm. I think, again, like you said, talk therapy absolutely has a place, but it's really working on a very conscious level. Here's the thing is that psychology really, I mean, it, it's, it's based on a model of understanding the subconscious mind. It just doesn't always do a great job of addressing it. Some modalities do, yeah. In like a clinical therapy or counseling session. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to encapsulate. There, there's so many types of therapy, mm -hmm. so many wonderful different types of therapy, and they're all different. Some work better than others for certain things. But I think what's, what's often missing um, is, or one thing that's often missing is the somatic component. So it can be kind of a disembodied experience. You know, I think that the deepest changes happen in 
a very physical, a very real physical sense um, and energetically. And um, that's one of the things that EFT really offers is it it's, uh, brings whatever's going on on a mental level really into the body. And it's, a, it's, it, it's a, an approach to working with the nervous system really is what EFT does. Um, but you really feel when things change. And that does address the subconscious mind. Uh, you know, I see the body as really, in a way, the expression of the subconscious. So, um, you know, we can only guess at what's in our unconscious because it's unconscious. We can't yeah. see it directly, but we see its results. We see its effects. And we can especially experience the effects of that on the body. So wherever mm -hmm. there's pain or tension or unpleasant feelings or emotions or illness, you can often trace that back to subconscious things. Well, okay, so let's dive into it then. For the listener who maybe has never heard of this, yeah, walk us through, what is EFT? So EFT, um, at its origins, uh, began in the, the 80s, actually, uh, a psychologist named Roger Callahan, who um, developed a technique called TFT, was the predecessor of EFT. And then TFT was thought field therapy. EFT was developed in the 90s by one of his students, Gary Craig, who made it much more universal and much more easily learned. Um, the protocols for the technique became much more um, simplified, let's say. Uh, so without getting too far into all that history, uh, <laughs> it's been around a while, and it's a meridian-based technique that is most parallel to something like acupuncture. So um, in acupuncture, you see that uh, if you see a map, uh, you know, a, a diagram on an acupuncturist wall, it looks like usually a, a diagram of what looks like a nervous system. In some ways it is, but then there's also more subtle pathways of energy, even more subtle than the nervous system itself. And those are the pathways that uh, life energy flows through, what's called chi or prana in different cultures. And along those pathways, there are acupressure points where an acup uh, acupuncturist would put needles. In this technique, we just tap on some of those points, the effect being a similar kind of balancing of the energy system to promote healing. But... Uh, in acupuncture, what's different there is you're just the passive recipient of the technique. You're just, you go in, they diagnose what's going on, you describe your symptoms, and then you just sit there or lie there while they're, they're working on you. In EFT, you're very much engaged in the process. It's very psychological, and you're using your mind uh, to focus in on something that you're holding on to. Um, best example would be an emotional trauma your past so that you're actually bringing it up you're provoking the feelings that come up with it and while you're doing that and you're verbalizing that you're tapping gently on the series of points on your face your upper body which is calming down your nervous system so what's normally you know would if you weren't tapping you would just be provoking feelings and bringing it up when and it wouldn't be resolving um, here you're giving an opposite signal of that while tapping. And so the nervous system is getting a calming signal 
instead of the fight or flight reaction. And your mind will begin to actually let go or um, <clears throat> the intensity of the memory, let's say, becomes less and less as you tap until what was a very vivid, very intense, provocative um, thought or memory becomes very faded and all the feelings become neutral and it's no longer triggering. So when you do that for a specific memory it's uh, and you do it thoroughly, that's normally a permanent shift. So you could come back tomorrow, next week, next year, and try to think about that thing and talk about it. It still wouldn't bring up a feeling um, or even a vivid image usually. Mm. So that it wouldn't, yeah. you would no longer receive that fight or flight response. Yeah, not only would you not receive the fight or flight response, but um, the memory, we, we call it memory reconsolidation and these kind of trauma techniques that um, once you work through it, it's like the brain files it in a different place, in a different way, um, without all the intense imagery to it. And it's not as bright, it's not as clear, mm. and um, you're not haunted by it. It doesn't. It's no longer sitting there as an intrusive thought that can pop in at any time. It's uh, it's just put way in the background. That's really interesting. So I've never heard that that sort of extended explanation of it. I've really just heard that it kind of, it halts the fight or flight response and then yeah. it basically reprograms your amygdala so that mm -hmm. similar situations no longer trigger that fight or flight. So, yeah. but that's really fascinating that it's also storing it in a new place, but it's not, it's not like erasing your memory of it. No, sometimes people are afraid. <laughs> even <laughs> even when, when, we, when I explain this to people, sometimes they even have, Memories that they really, uh, they don't like, they're unpleasant, but there's a story there, you know, it's a, it's a survivor story, let's say, and there's some pride in it sometimes. There's a feeling of like, well, this is, this is why I am who I am, it's part of my history, you know, it's a story I tell, it's, are, am I going to forget this completely? It's going to be like amnesia? And no, it's not. It, do, it doesn't wipe your memories clean, um, but it just, it's the difference between you know, if I ask somebody, do you remember, um, I don't know, <laughs> your first day of school or do you remember the day your dog died or something? Of course, it's like kind of clear and kind of strong memory for these things. But if I said, do you remember, you know, February 3rd on, you know, 2017 and second grade, then no, you wouldn't. It's... Mm -hmm. You might get a vague image of it, you know, a feeling of the teacher of the classroom, but it, it would be very f fuzzy, you know. That's that's the difference. When you take all the emotional energy out of the memory, it just becomes faded. Hmm. Um, you can you still know if it had a story to it, you still can tell the story. It's just that rather than like reliving it, it's more like you're describing someone else's story, or you're just um, you're detached from it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm curious, when and how were you initially exposed to EFT? Which, by the way, for the listeners is emotional freedom techniques. Yes, thank you. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> emotional freedom techniques. A lot of people just call it tapping, but that's really kind of a generic term for these things. Um, well, it, it's not a very exciting story, I don't think, to tell how I came upon <laughs> it. it. It really isn't. It's It was just one of those things that... Um, 
was starting to get out there. People were hearing about it. People like Deepak Chopra and different, you know, thought leaders were starting to mention it and get curious about it. So I, I just sort of recognized there was something there. I also, someone came into a workplace that I worked in years ago and demonstrated TFT and um, as a little training to this group of therapists I work with. And frankly, I thought it was weird. I, I thought it, <laughs> I was sort of fascinated by it, but it looked very mechanical. It looked very, um, I don't know, it didn't, it, I didn't see the depth in it at the time. It looked very robotic and a little boring to me, even though the promises that she was saying, like getting rid of a phobia, for example, within minutes was enticing to me. And that's what got my attention um, and, uh, but later as I got into EFT, I started th hearing these you know, huge claims of what it could do. And I was you know, excited by that. And I remember just sitting on my living room floor, tapping and tapping and tapping on writing down all my issues and trying to tap on them and hoping that it was going to make them go away. Yeah. And it really, it actually was not, <laughs> but <laughs> some, I had enough faith. There was something here, enough people endorsed this thing that it, it had to be real. So I kind of kept at it. And then eventually when I tried it with somebody else and I saw them have some breakthrough was when I started to realize this is for real. Somehow I, it had to be that way. I, I wasn't seeing it happen with me. Now, if I'd gone to see somebody, a professional, and they were working with me, I think I would have had a different experience. Mm. And that's yeah. the challenge. That's the challenge of it, like any technique like this, to do it all on your own. It's easy to go you know, down the, right, the wrong way or not do it thoroughly enough or something and miss something. Yeah, yeah. And I want to get into that definitely towards the end of recommendations for how people can begin this yeah. journey. But can we so to put it a little bit into context for the listener? Yeah. What can you use EFT for? Yeah, great question. Um, you can use it for so many th different things. Uh, you can use it. Well, I'm going to start with the, th the things that are really at the top of the list of what works. It works great on trauma is is really a, a, the biggest i'd say phobias is actually how it got its beginning was for phobias works great for that um, it also works really well for anxiety for depression for addictions cravings almost any sort of pattern that comes up in the context of relationships anger insecurities we really look through a trauma lens at things you know, when we work clinically with EFT, because by and large, you know, the majority of things people come in with as an issue in their life, if you look deep enough into it, you can trace it back to some form of trauma. Not necessarily like the big T traumas, you know, that are the obvious life-threatening, big catastrophic things, mm -hmm. although those for sure. But then everybody's got what we call little T traumas, and those are just unfinished business. They're, you know, losses and little moments of devastation or embarrassment or shame or breakup of relationship or, you know, all of these things that they weren't life-threatening, but they stay with you in a very deep, very real way. And those, especially what happens in your first 20 or so years of your life, really are your programming. They, they those, be it becomes your subconscious program for the patterns that show up in your life. Mm -hmm. 
So when you go back to those original experiences and you work through them and release them fully for your body and your mind, it's like a reset. Kind yeah. Of clear, clean yeah. the slate. Yeah. Do you, is it, if it's possible, do you have any particular client testimonial that you found was just really profound? Yes. Um, but, and, you know, and I know you're going to ask this question. It's so hard. There's a couple of reasons why it's hard to <laughs> answer that. One is I've done thousands, like literally thousands and thousands of sessions, and I don't retain them all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, thank goodness I don't really. It's. I mean, I can. They come back when I really contemplate them enough, or or I look at some notes or something. But I um I don't. I've heard so many awful stories, like really awful, mm -hmm. like the worst you can imagine, because <laughs> I specialize in trauma, and mm -hmm. um I'd be haunted if I th if I thought about them all the time. But, you know, I've worked with a lot of sexual abuse, a lot of all kinds of abuse for men and women. Those are sometimes the most dramatic when somebody overcomes that kind of trauma because what happens in the process when you're working with that type of thing is, you know, you're asking someone to go into a very vulnerable memory, right? And as they go there, their body has all the same, the body memories of the experience. It comes up in all kinds of ways, sometimes like extreme tension or pain in the body and moves through different parts of the body. Um, emotions will come up. I've had, you know, many people think they were going to throw up in my office. Um, and I'm not, I'm, I'm given a very, you know, grim picture of how this is. It's not like this for everybody and it's certainly yeah. not for every issue, but those kind of experiences tend to bring up strong feelings. And um, sometimes there'll be a wave of nausea that comes up. It's a, it's absolutely 100% emotional energy. It's wow. like the body the body wants to expel a toxic energy that they've held on to for all these years that's never come out. And the nice thing about tapping is rather than them having to sit there and, and go through that awfulness for a long time, they might just feel that for. 10 20 30 seconds and we start tapping about that feeling and within a minute that feeling is gone and a, another feeling comes up it's like layers layers of an onion and feelings will move through the body sometimes they'll go from the stomach to the solar plexus and they tap some more it's in the chest and then they feel tightness in their throat and then they tap some more and suddenly they're smiling and it's it's gone and you know and along the way maybe uh, a feeling of extreme fear, you know, heart pounding kind of fear feelings can give way to feelings of sadness and you tap some more and then feeling of anger comes up spontaneously. And, you know, these are all the unexpressed feelings that were locked in from a moment of trauma that were never, you never got to express all of that. You never got to act it out. You know, when we go through a trauma, there's it's like that fight, flight, or freeze instinct that's mm -hmm. meant to keep you alive, and it overrides everything. But you know, often it's it's a frozen state where people get the most stuck. Um, so there's like being paralyzed, you know, um, throughout an experience, and the idea of fighting back gets stifled, gets like literally held back so in the process you'll see people suddenly like 
feel energy in their hands. They want to make a fist. They have fantasies of punching someone in the face. And I'll encourage them to, you know, imagine doing it. We'll say it, you know, I want to punch that, you know, guy right in the, in the face. And, you know, sometimes with a lot of explicit words. Mm-hmm. And we're tapping through that and letting the rage get expressed. And this happens very fast. You know, this is all can happen within minutes, each layer of this. And then relaxes, you know, and it's, it's not there anymore. And it's, it's all you need is just a, a little bit of time to express the unexpressed and, and to feel that in your body, not just in a fantasy in your mind, but to actually feel it fully. Mm-hmm. And then the tapping just helps your whole system to sort of digest it and release it. So I've had countless experiences with, with those types of things. Um, and then others that are, you know, what's, I think this is the most interesting thing that's a little bit hard for it. People that just come into EFT don't can't see all of the potential in this way. But the way that early experiences can translate to later blocks is really interesting. You know, so I can give one little little short story, maybe. Yeah. Of uh, somebody I worked with who had a family business all his life. Really, uh, you know, by most standards, very successful but always felt incomplete, always felt inadequate, always felt like he never took his business to the next level. Whether that's true or not, that's how he felt. It always felt like he could be more, he could, he could be more proactive. He could get more business. He could, he could do so much more, but he was holding back and he got up every morning feeling sort of dread and anxiety and lack of enthusiasm. And he would just sort of he would he would push through in spite of those feelings, but it never felt like he reached his potential. There was always this ambivalence, and he had no idea where this came from. This is someone who was you know, later in life, and we began exploring that using tapping about those feelings, you know, more just in the present, and just seeing where it would lead. And where it led was back to his childhood. And after doing some work, it took some a while to get there. He brought up that uh, his father um, died in a very tragic car accident where the whole family was on a family vacation. And, and it was like the only time that his father ever took a vacation from his family business. Mm. <laughs> Literally. Like wow. he worked seven days a week. That's all he did is work. And takes a vacation. They're driving. He, him and his family head-on collision and his father's killed so like what's the message Mm -hmm. that a child is subconsciously receiving yeah yeah, all kinds of messages about you can't have a full life you can't take a break from work you know it it all translated into all sorts of ambivalence and blocks about work and when we worked through that it brought up so many he thought he was he dealt with it years ago had accepted it moved on but the a lot of emotion came up when we worked through that and then he started waking up happy wow. and um and enthusiastic and eager to go to work and did new things and his business started to thrive and you never could have really guessed that on the face of it like until you got there but that's kind of how it is you know the way that we hold these old experiences as from ch- you know childhood can really stay with you for life, um, give you a very um, skewed perspective of things. Yes, and I love that you pointed out 
when it comes to things like a trauma or the loss of a loved one, I think we relate sort of getting over it. And I do that in air quotes to just sort of accepting what happened, but we don't often take it further back of exactly like you said, what were the subconscious messages my body interpreted from this experience? Yeah. And they, you know, one experience can give you 10 subconscious messages that you never really worked through. Right. That's right. And it's so, it's just so, so powerful speaking from my own experience of working through those. Yeah. Yeah. For the listener who might be listening to this and going, well, yeah, I have trauma, but why? Why should I bring it up? Why should I kick the dust up? Mm. What could it be doing to me? Can you speak a little bit to just how repressed emotions, unprocessed trauma can actually lead to physical ailments? Mm. I mean, we already know pretty well that stress is one of the biggest factors in illness. You know, we use that term stress in a very broad kind of way without really digging into what it means. I think that unresolved experiences or traumas really is probably the biggest source of stress. It's unconscious. You know, what we experience as stress is just the part of it that's conscious, which is, what is it? It's anxiety or physical tension or or stomach aches or irritable bowel or, you know, like something that manifests physically. Um, that's the typical stuff. But then these things over time can can snowball and lead to more and more physical imbalances. So, you know, emotions are energy. You know, they you could look at everything as energy. The cells of your body are energy. Emotions are energy. Thought waves are energy. They all are one continuous whole. And um, if you neglect any part of it or you repress some part of it, it, it doesn't go well. You know, just like um, undigested food, you know, or something in the body, it isn't going to isn't going to serve you well. It's undigested emotion is kind of the same way. Um, another way to look at it is uh, if the, the nervous system gets turned on in a sort of moment of shock or trauma, fear, extreme fear or something like that, or strong emotion, and that, that isn't turned off. It's like your fight or flight stays somewhat turned on. And that can run in the background for years and years and years of your life so that your body is never actually at peace. It's never actually fully relaxed. And um, you become hypersensitive to any new experiences that happen that are triggering, and it just becomes worse and worse over time. Mm -hmm. And that state of stress, you know, imbalances your hormones. It imbalances all kinds of things on a physical level and creates the conditions for illness Mm -hmm. uh, much more so. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's this almost slow downward spiral that can manifest as a physical ailment differently in each person. But just as you said, it creates these imbalances that just get worse and worse and worse. The immune system starts to deteriorate. Mm -hmm. We're no Mm -hmm. longer able to detox appropriately, et cetera, et cetera, until one day it's so much more than just anxiety. It's cancer or it's diabetes or whatever it is right exactly yeah i'm always careful here to say that um even though i fully believe that 
almost any physical ailment can have its origins in a in an emotional issue, uh, usually an unconscious one. That uh, it doesn't mean that physical conditions aren't real. Because sometimes people hear that and they think, "Oh, I, I did this to myself. I'm responsible. I should be able to fix this just by getting the feelings out or something." And sometimes there's truth there, but you have to look at the whole thing, you know, and holistically means that, yeah, you can have a real injury, a real imbalance, an environmental toxin, you know, there's so many factors that can cause an illness. Blaming yourself is never the right way to look at it. And whatever you do to calm your nervous system and heal yourself emotionally and spiritually and all those things will only help to give you the best chance of healing on all levels. But it doesn't mean don't also take care of the body on a very physical you know, level as well. So I think it, you just have to look at all sides of that, you know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, if it's something like every symptom the body gives you is just the body communicating, hey, this is what I'm needing right now. And yeah. so if you're having thyroid disease, yeah. There may very well be a really clear trauma related to that, yeah. but your body is also telling you that in this moment, my thyroid also needs some very real physiological support as well. Right, right. And so exactly as you said, listening to those cues and responding, giving your body what it needs, mm -hmm. can it, it begins that healing process. Clearing yeah. the trauma can be imperative and super, super helpful. And maybe it's something like you might need hormones, but as you begin to give your body what it needs, it begins to heal. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and having said all that, that, you know, there are interesting ways that we, symbolic ways that we sometimes manifest things physically. Like if you've got a pain in your neck, it, it could literally mean there's somebody in your life that's a pain in your neck or a pain in your ass or whatever. <laughs> it can translate that clearly sometimes. So whenever somebody describes something in some part of their body, I do look at it symbolically also or, so, or what half of the body. Sometimes people have something going on only on their right side or only on their left side. And it's not always, you can't make these like hard rules about these things, but right left you know can be like the yin yang of your energy the male female aspects of your energy you know masculine feminine energies mother father issues um a lot of times it does correspond that way so mm. it's just i always find that interesting you know what part and what side of the body somebody has something going on with yes yes now okay so a couple technical questions i guess yeah so when you every tapping video tutorial i've seen it's always the same eight points yeah can you do it wrong basically um it's it's a very forgiving technique so you can do it imperfectly and still get the right results that's one nice thing about it you don't have to be so exact and perfect about it but you do want to hit the point or close to it and we always use two fingers for that reason at least if you use one you might not you might not get the point right. You know, if you mm. use two, you've got a bigger, bigger area that you're tapping on. I don't know exactly what decision process went into choosing those points other than that they cover um, the major meridian lines. They're the end points of some of the major meridians. So in a way you're covering all your bases by tapping all these points and mm. working with all systems of the body. 
and um, the order that you tap the points in is actually not at all critical. There's okay. no no reason to believe that tapping in that certain order is what makes or breaks the technique. I, I think you could mix them up and it'd be fine, but we just try to standardize it just for simplicity. Mm -hmm. um, sure. Usually, usually go top to bottom. We start at the top of the head. We work our way down around the eyes, under the nose, the chin, the collarbone, okay. under the arm. So it just mm -hmm. kind of goes down. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Something that actually I meant to say when we were talking about physical pain can correlate to emotions. One of the things I've experienced going through tapping meditations, and I've been doing guided meditation, guided tapping things on really specific topics. So something like lower back pain, which yeah. I know can very often be related to money issues or fear mm. of money, which has mm -hmm. been so true for me. But mm. what I've found is the more I do a meditation on that specific topic, things just come up. Memories come up, specific mm. moments come up during the meditation mm -hmm. that I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. Wow, that was really impactful. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was the first time I ever had this pain. And it's been very, very interesting, kind of mind blowing, but again, just so incredibly healing of, oh, I was holding on to that and yeah. my body is revealing this to me. Yeah. And you've seen some really good release happening doing that with, with EFT. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll speak to the lower back pain specifically. I've been using it for so many things, but mm -hmm. it, I have this repeated thing where I'll like throw out my lower back. Yeah. It's happened three times in three years. And finally, I was like, I'm going to look for a tapping meditation on this. I did it and it made the link. They reference Louise Hay yeah. and her connection between yeah. emotions and physical ailments. And right. they said it's very often related to fear of money. Again, that does relate back to the programming I received as a child, which was mm -hmm. I saw my parents had a fear of money. There was a lot of shame around money. And so that's what I'm trying to work through. Yeah. But as I, you know, the first time I did the meditation, I felt a very physical relief of the back pain cool. because I was having it. Yeah. But then the next time I did it, it sort of came to me and I realized the very, very first time I ever had this lower back pain was in a moment of just deep, deep fear, poor financial status. Mm. And it was just like this connection was suddenly yeah. made in my mind. Wow. That's really great. A lot of people uh, have trouble finding those those nuggets of <laughs> insight, you know, to, to actually find a clear memory that is behind that feeling. Mm -hmm. That's really valuable when you can do that because if you if you work thoroughly through that memory with EFT, you can really release it in a deep way. Do yeah. you feel like you did that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't mean this in a conceited way but i feel very in tune yeah. with my energy yeah and so i felt a huge tangible about the third time i did a tapping meditation uh -huh. on the financial i just felt a very very tangible release yeah of energy and just felt like okay i really worked through a big part of that i want to continue yeah too but i just found it so interesting that i wasn't i wasn't even trying necessarily to find a specific thing it was just mm -hmm. like my subconscious yeah. was revealing them to me as yeah. i as i took my body into more of a calmed right. meditative state that's great and i mean there's a little lesson there too for people to hear that that um 
I mean, you might be more naturally attuned to your body or your energy, which is a you know, real plus. But even if you're not, if you just remember to trust what's coming up in the moment and focus really deeply and, and really pay attention to the subtle things inside you, energetically and physically, in the process that sometimes those those insights and memories do pop up very naturally and they show you where to go next you know mm -hmm. if you can trust that yeah yeah absolutely yeah okay well i don't i want to make sure that i respect your time so i'm just going to ask a couple more questions so sure, for sure. the individual who's listening to this <clears throat> mm -hmm. and they want to dive into it a little bit deeper where do yeah. you recommend they start and i'll definitely make sure your website is linked in the show notes <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little shameless self-promotion <laughs> well i do i mean i'll just with that i'll say um i do have like a mini it's free and it's a little sort of short tutorial on EFT on my website that um, it's, a, it's a, like a little series of three videos and um, the basics of all that I'm talking about with a little more you know specific information about where to tap and how and kind of the the way to make it work for you on your own um, so that's one thing that's uh, my website is tappingcoach.com there's a hyphen between tapping and coach um, other places, um, there's a wonderful organization that I work with called the Association for Comprehensive Energy Psychology, or ASEP. They sponsor all kinds of incredible research and, and education for professionals and EFT and a whole host of other energy psychology techniques. And they have great resources, um, training programs, which I'm part of actually and um, research uh, that you can look up on there and, and really good stuff. And that's um, energypsych.org. Another couple of um, resources online where you can learn EFT and learn about it, um, eftuniverse.com and EFT International. Yeah. Okay. Good resources. Great. Um, yeah, there's, there's, the more you look, the more you find, really, mm -hmm. there's good stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, and then last question. So I've just been doing tapping myself. Yeah. Again, using, using guided meditations to sort of just help refine where my thought process is going. But I do absolutely see the value in working with a practitioner. But can you just sort of distinguish where the benefits yeah. lie? Yeah, that's a really important question. Um, and it's really easy to get misled about what EFT is and how to use it when we're just looking at like videos online and things like that, because um, usually that stuff doesn't do a good job of explaining kind of what I was saying earlier about how you work through a trauma memory, mm. you know, which is a very specific way of going like moment by moment through a memory with somebody you can do that on your own too, but it's it's not easy to do that on your own. And sometimes it's not realistic mm -hmm. um, to do it that way. Because um, with somebody else, they can, they can kind of hold you there. They can witness what's going on, what's coming up. They can direct your attention to the feelings that are coming up in every moment of that frame of the memory. And as it comes up, they can stop you and they can tap with you and they can see what that brings up. And you let them take the reins and that's one way of doing it that's important in like a therapeutic format doing it on your own is um, 
more often what we call, uh, sometimes we call it palliative tapping or we call it top down and rather than bottom up because you're not so much digging into root memories. You're, you generally are tapping more about what comes up in the moment. You might be doing it more intuitively. Mm. You might be following a body sensation and tapping about that. And for you, I mean, it seems like that really went deep and, and it can. It doesn't always happen so easily for everybody, though. But I really encourage everybody to do this, you know, and um, and I encourage my own clients to do this, too, is to um, spend a little time every day just kind of tapping about whatever. If you've got some issue going on, then take five or ten minutes a day at least and spend some time just feeling the feelings of it and just tapping. And it's basically just speaking the truth to yourself of what you feel and what you think. Sometimes very explicitly, I would say even exaggerate the negative. You know, I, I sometimes say it's like provoking it to purge it. Mm. You know, like um, don't be afraid to to make it ugly and and um, bigger than it really is. Even mm. to elicit um, those deep, strong. Yeah, emotions. if you're if you've got you know fear of a job interview, you could say even though I'm gonna suck at this and they're gonna laugh at me and it's gonna be horrible and my mind's gonna freeze and it's gonna be the most embarrassing moment of my life, <laughs> I accept myself anyway <laughs> and, and tap through and say it's gonna be terrible. I'm gonna fall on my face. I'm gonna freeze up. They're gonna laugh me out of the room. You know, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. You know, like, just say it all, because those are your secret thoughts anyway. If you repress those thoughts and you walk in and you've got all those thoughts, you know, sort of like chattering in the background of your mind, that's going to be worse for you. But if you take a little bit of time preemptively to tap and express all that stuff, um, by the time you're done tapping a few times around, it's going to start to sound a little silly. You're going to you're going to start to lighten up, and you're going to think, you know, like, you know, this is not true. This is obviously not true, and it and it's you just find a new level of um, of comfort. You know, it's just it's a purge, is what it is. Mm -hmm. So I would really recommend that kind of thing. You, you can do the same for physical things without necessarily looking for a deep root cause of it. Just it doesn't hurt to try. There's no guarantee it'll help something, but I've seen physical things go away. Migraines disappear, you know, body aches go away, um, whatever, you know, just describe it very specifically. That's mm -hmm. the key is be very specific, be very much in the moment. Don't judge anything. Um, don't come at it with an attitude of like, I've got to get rid of this. If you come yes. at it too hard, like I've got to fix this, got to figure it out, got to get rid of it you derail the process. Mm -hmm. It has to be really no attachment. Just be in the moment, dive into it and tap as you, as you verbalize whatever the thing is. And that's yeah. kind of in essence, you know, what it is. Mm -hmm. You can always tack on some positive reframes after you address the negative stuff that can feel really good and it can be really um, uplifting and, and good to do that. But if you only put in positive phrasing, while you're tapping, you're kind of missing the point of tapping because you're not unloading the the negative force that's you're you're carrying around. Mm -hmm. You're just tossing some sweet stuff on top of it, but you're not yeah. really getting it yeah. out of you. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's the same thing as positive thinking without yeah. ever actually going into the deeper yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but when it comes to really dealing with those deep 
capital T traumas, I yeah. can absolutely see how working with a practitioner, you know, they, they can hold the space for you energetically. They can be there as a witness to validate whatever's coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah, just so, so many benefits to it. So, yeah. 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 Well, Ben, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. This, it was fun. It was such a treat for me. I'm so glad I've been wanting to dive into this so much more with someone. And I think you were just the perfect person to be able well, to share this thank with you. I, I appreciate your enthusiasm. You're, you're definitely um, doing a wonderful thing by promoting these things. And it's great that you're using it so effectively for yourself too. Yeah, mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you.